0: The Feminist Mormon Housewives podcast depends on your generous support. A lot of work and time and energy and effort goes into these podcasts. So if you enjoy what you hear and want to hear more podcasts and would like to see this project continue in the future, please consider a donation at feminist org. There's a donation button to the right hand side where you can click through PayPal and donate whatever you would like. every little bit helps. Thanks, and we appreciate you listening and supporting the Feminist Mormon Housewives podcast. One, two, three, go. Feminist Mormon. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Feminist Mormon Housewives podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and tonight we're going to be talking about another plural wife of Joseph Smith to continue our series, A Year of Polygamy, to help listeners digest and understand and contextualize a very complicated issue in the LDS Church. So if this is your first podcast, I would just point you back to episode one. This is episode three, and you're going to want to find episode one with Fanny Alger and start from there, and hopefully we're going to move all the way along through Mormon polygamy. But let's get into it tonight with Louisa Beeman. She's got a great story and uh, has been historically known for a long time as Joseph's first plural wife, although we know that that's not the case now. But it was kind of the tradition in Salt Lake City, and Louisa Beeman kind of lived with that distinction for a while. And there are a few reasons for that. But let's get into her history. On the podcast side, I provided an actual photo of her. Some of the wives we do not have uh, photographic evidence of currently, but we're in luck because Louisa Beeman has a photo. It's more of a sketch, but uh, we have descriptions of her, and we, as we go along and we have younger wives, we start getting more and more information on them as more records are being kept. So let's talk about Louisa Beeman, born on February seventh, 1815 in Livonia, New York, She would be twenty-six when she married Joseph Smith. She was the first recognized sealing in Nauvoo, and they were they were sealed by Joseph Noble in eighteen forty-one. Like I said, for many years Louisa was considered the first official plural wife of Joseph Smith. Now, as we get into this period, her sealing happened in eighteen forty-one. Now, the forties are when things really accelerate in Nauvoo, and in Joseph Smith's life, he is balancing so many plates. He's got the law after him. He's got a presidential run. He's got many, many women that he's marrying. He's got a wife to assuage. He's got family. He's got, he's got all these laws. He's got this internal conflict. He's got the Council of the 50. He's got uh, missionaries everywhere. He has the governor against him. He, there's just all kinds of things. The, the tension starts to mount. So. Remember, this is all happening in the backdrop of where we meet Louisa Beeman in the Mormon story. A 19-year-old Louisa Beeman first met Joseph Smith in 1834 when Joseph and several missionaries stayed in the Beeman home in Avon, New York. Louisa's sister Mary remembers this visit and writes in her journal, quote, His society I prized, his conversation was meat and drink to me, end quote. Parley P. Pratt happened to be one of the missionaries at the time and also noted that, quote, among those whose hospitality we shared in that vicinity was old Father Beeman and his amiable and interesting family. He was a good singer and so were his three daughters. We were much edified and comforted in their society, quote. So the Beeman family joins the church and moves to Kirtland, Ohio in 1835. While there, Louisa's father passes away. I think he was 62 when that happened. Amid a lot of dissension in Kirtland, Louisa and her mother and her sister Sarah made the trip to Missouri and then finally to Nauvoo. And when they arrive in Nauvoo, bad stuff happens. Louisa's mother also dies, most likely of malaria, which was rampant. You know, it was a swampy area. And you'll see often in in early pioneer journals, Mormon pioneer journals, that they'll talk about getting the AUG is what they called it, the OG. And, and we think a lot of that is malaria. The symptoms were the same. And they were plagued by it. I, I believe even Emma Smith was plagued by malaria. So her mother dies. Louisa moves in with her sister, Mary, and her brother-in-law, Joseph Bates Noble. So she's kind of orphaned at this time. She's still fairly young. Women, <laughs> women struggled. It's not like she could go out and be a single woman and uh, live on her own. She couldn't hold property. She didn't, she couldn't vote. Um, so she had to live with her sister. Now her brother-in-law, Joseph Bates Noble is an important name because he comes into play later on. It's in the fall of 1840 when Joseph Smith taught Joseph Bates Noble quote, the principle of celestial marriage or plural marriage, which Joseph said was given by revelation. So in 1840, remember at this time, Joseph had already married at least two women that we know of plurally. And, um, It was still very secretive. Emma Smith didn't even know about it yet. So Joseph is starting to expand. He's starting to bring other people in his circle. And one of the first men that he brings into his circle is Joseph Bates Noble. He tells him about the principle of plural marriage. And then he asks Noble to perform a marriage between himself and now 25-year-old Louisa. Smith also warned, quote, "...in revealing this to you, I have placed my life in your hands." Therefore, do not in an evil hour betray me to my enemies. End quote. So, Joseph agrees, or, yeah, Joseph Bates Noble agrees to do this. And Joseph and Louis are married on April 5th, 1841, quote, in a grove near Main Street in the city of Nauvoo. The prophet Joseph dictating the ceremony and brother Noble repeating it after him. So this is interesting. This has come up in some scholarship too. The fact that Joseph dictated the, the ceremony. To Joseph Noble, Joseph Bates Noble. That's, that's, um, interesting for several reasons. But, uh, that, and that source comes from Erastus Snow, who was also Louisa's brother in law. Another interesting part of the ceremony that I love is to help keep this whole union secret. Louisa wears a man's hat and a coat as a disguise. So, picture her hiding in a grove of trees right outside of Nauvoo. She's dressed as a man. She's marrying um, Joseph, and he's whispering the words to, you know, her brother-in-law. Joseph Bates Noble recalls that after the ceremony, the couple spent their wedding night, quote, right straight across the river at my house. Noble said he encouraged them to, quote, blow out the lights and get into bed and you will be safer there. Neither Smith nor Beeman left any personal account of their marriage that has been found, but 11 other sources confirmed that the ceremony did take place. And remember, there was a, it had to be a secret because there was big laws in Illinois at the time against bigamy, as there are now. Uh, the Nauvoo Mansion was where many of Joseph's plural wives stayed before they were sealed or married to him. So because of the questions of the timeline, the marriage versus the doctrine timeline coming out, much controversy surrounds the Beeman marriage to Joseph especially after Joseph was accused publicly of living living in open adultery. Three affidavits published in 1887, testimonies by Elder Joseph Bates Noble, Apostle Lorenzo Snow, and Elder Benjamin F. Johnson were given as proof to their sealing. So, yeah, so during the Temple Lot case, there is uh these affidavits that come out. And so this, these are years after the fact. These are in, in 1887, remember, and the marriage took place in 1841. So these they're trying to prove that Joseph did uh practice polygamy but Joseph Bates Noble who was also said to have one of the first men to father a child by a plural wife in this dispensation this is his testimony. So this is Joseph Bates Noble's testimony and it's a notary public that comes and gives it for him because he cannot testify for some reason. And he says, "Quote, in the fall of 1840 Joseph Smith taught him the principle, taught Joseph Bates Noble the principle of sexual or plural marriage." or a plurality of wives, and that he said Joseph Smith declared that he had received a revelation from God on the subject, and that the angel of the Lord had commanded him to move forward in the said order of marriage, and further, that the said Joseph Smith requested him, Joseph be Noble, to step forward and assist him in carrying out the principle, saying, quote, "...in revealing this to you, I have placed my life in your hands, therefore do not, in an evil hour, betray me to my enemies." Another sworn account by Noble talks about the time the two spent together in private. He talks about their honeymoon. He said, Joseph Smith then went off to see Miss Louisa Beeman at the house of Mrs. Sherman. This is another sworn account by Noble talking about them spending quality couple time together. He said, Joseph Smith then went off to see Miss Louisa Beeman at the house of Miss Sherman and remained with her for about two hours. So there's speculation that these quotes um, are inferring some sort of sexual implication And, of course, affidavits um, will come out where where wives admit to that, which is a big deal in Victorian times for a woman to admit that. But you have some people like Brian Hills who say that this does not mean that they were sleeping together, even though they had a honeymoon right across the street and slept in the same bed. Partly to maintain secrecy, Joseph could not have spent much time with Louisa Beeman or any of the women he married. He never gathered his wives into the household like the Utah people did. Uh, He couldn't bring them to public Events like you'll see Brigham Young doing later on. He often brought in women that were close to his business relationships with other men. Remember, Joseph had to look after Emma and the children, manage his church, govern the city, evade the extradition officers from Missouri, and oh, the mobs, and all kinds of things. As the marriages increase, there are fewer and fewer opportunities to see each wife. Even so, though, that doesn't mean that there weren't sexual relations. According to Todd Compton, Joseph Smith married approximately two dozen women by July of eighteen forty three. So from the time he marries Beeman to eighteen forty three, gets in a dozen women. The revelation is the plural marriage revelation will come in eighteen forty three and is not included in LDS canon until eighteen seventy six. And remember, prior to that, if you didn't fall on the first one, prior to that, the date, the 1835 selection denouncing polygamy was included and even printed in the Doctrine and Covenants, which kind of disavowed polygamy. So it's very controversial. That is why the church could not publicly appeal for law, they could not promote polygamy. They had to be really secret, and that's why you know Joseph Noble is telling him to blow out the candles, and no one will see you there. And there's another character that you should study that we're not going to focus on a lot, but he is really integral to the early period of Nauvoo, and his name is John C. Bennett. And he was a very close friend of Joseph Smith, and he later uh, becomes an enemy of Joseph Smith, and he writes this big expose called Mormonism Exposed, and it's this... <laughs> Great, great book. I've actually held one of the original printings in my hand at the church history library. But um, it's this great thing. It's got these pictures. He's drawn these pictures of the secret temple ceremony, and everyone's naked, and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, John C. Bennett. They call him Doctor John C. Bennett because he was, you know, allegedly perform- performing abortions for Joseph's wives. He was a man, he got accused, I think, of homosexuality, but he also liked to do what he called spiritual wifery, and that caused Joseph a lot of problems, because the story is, and my details are a little foggy on this, but he would go into neighboring towns and say, hey, we've got this new principle, it's called spiritual wifery, and you get to be my wife, and we get to sleep together. And it caused a lot of stir naturally. Um, he later would, as he broke with Joseph Smith, he was accused, he accused Joseph Smith of conspiracy to commit murder, prostitution, adultery. And of course, Joseph denies all those charges. And if you read the language in Mormonism Exposed, John C. Bennett's book, it's, it's so great. It's so 19th century, um, expose writing. It's very, uh, flamboyant writing, very, very colorful writing, so you, you should look at it. It's a lot of fun. Another part of this, and the reason why Bennett's important to Louisa is, he accuses Joseph of marrying Louisa, and kind of drags her into this. And this would have been a big scandal at the time. The allegation of Joseph that Joseph was plurally married to Louisa Beeman was very familiar to Joseph and probably a lot of the saints in 1842. Also, where of the accusation and denials were Brigham Young and other members of the Quorum of the Twelve, the church clerks, its historian, and members of the priesthood quorum at the church's headquarters. It's probable that every adult living in Nauvoo in 1842 knew that Dr. Bennett had accused Joseph of marrying Louisa and that Joseph had denied Bennett's charges. The, you know, the saints had ample opportunity to choose whether they believed Joseph or Dr. Bennett. I shouldn't call him Dr. Bennett, John C. Bennett. Joseph asserted in the strongest possible language that he had only one wife, Emma Hale Smith, and no spiritual wives. The false charges published by Bennett in 1842 um, that Joseph was was married to Lucy Beeman was common knowledge to many, but was combined years later with the story of an angel with a sword visiting the prophet, commanding him to practice plural marriage. So let's go to Dr. Uh, John C. Bennett's expose Due to Bennett's expose and the ongoing rumors of polygamy Joseph Smith printed the following in September 1st, 1842 in the Times and Seasons So dates are important 1842, quote This is from Joseph Inasmuch as the public mind has been unjustly abused through the fallacy of Dr. Bennett's letters, we make an extract on the subject of marriage, showing the rule of the Church from the Book of Doctrine and Covenants, and is the only rule allowed by the Church. Quote, Inasmuch as the Church of Christ has been reproached with the crime of fornication and polygamy, we declare that we believe that one man should have one wife and one woman but one husband, except in case of death, when either is at liberty to marry again. In spite of such denials, Joseph continues to take more wives and expands the number of men involved in the practice. George Smith lists in his book, Nauvoo Polygamy, that five men were living in plural marriage by 1842. So it's still a very small number at this time, but it would be Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, Heber C. Kimball, Vincent Knight, and Reynolds Cahoon. Joseph had 16 plural wives, and the others had one plural wife each by this point, by the time he made that statement. After being sealed to Louisa, the prophet was martyred a little over three years later. So Louisa comes, she's orphaned, uh, she's quickly married to Joseph Smith, she lives this life of scandal. Uh, So she's technically a single woman as far as the community knows. So it's not like she's out and allowed to go date and and meet other people. So she's living this secret life. In the meantime, there's all these accusations that she's married to Joseph Smith and uh, it's such a scandal. And there's this book written about it and it causes this big stir. And then you have Joseph get up and say, yeah, no, uh, polygamy's against the church. That's not what we do. So you can imagine what that would have been like for her. Okay, so Joseph dies, and as is common with a lot of the wives, these wives would have a lot of standing, a lot of cachet in the Utah period. Susan Young Gates, whose father was Brigham Young, um, recalls that her father, Brigham, approached the widows to tell them that, quote, he and his brethren stood ready to offer themselves to them as husbands in order to contribute to their comrades' offspring, and that the widows were free to choose for themselves, end quote. So Brigham Young was being cool, he's like, "Hey, I'll take you, I'll take you on, you widow, and I'll contribute to my friend Joseph's offspring if if you'd like." And maybe this is where the idea of you know, plugging me being for the widows happened because I really do believe that Brigham and heber and and a few others really thought. Um, I think it was Brigham, Heber Kimball, and Amasa Lyman. I really thought, I think that they thought that they were doing this great service, this noble deed. And now remember, in Victorian times, there's an argument to be made there of women couldn't provide for themselves in the same sort of way that a man could. So within just a half a year, six of the women married Brigham Young, Four married Kimball, and one married Amasa Lyman. And over the next year and a half, young Kimball and six others would marry 13 more of the widows. For a total of, I think, 24 of Smith's 38 wives get remarried. Louisa chooses Brigham. Probably a good choice, as we will find out later. If I might want to reword that. If you're going to choose out of those three, that was probably the best choice. Heber's wives did not fare well, and we'll get into that later on. So... Brigham Young and Louisa Beeman get married on September 19, 1844 in Nauvoo, Illinois. So this is her second marriage. She's a young widow, marries him again. She was sealed to Joseph and for time and all eternity, and for Brigham, for time only. In 1848, so four years after her marriage to Brigham, Louisa gives birth to her first child, a set of twins, both sons. She names them Joseph and Hiram and unfortunately both babies die and you can imagine you can imagine how how hard that would have been her first her first children again in 1850 she gives birth to twin boys again whom she names Alva and Alma again they die terribly sad within 6 years she has lost four children a few weeks after their birth Louisa becomes really sick really sick and she passes away May 15th in 1850 in the Valley of the Great Salt Lake. It's said now after the fact that she passed away due to breast cancer, that the illness she got was breast cancer. She was only 35 when she passed away. Now, there are two... The problem with some of this history and some of Brigham's wives... Brigham's wives' history are kind of a mess. I mean, there's there's been this debate on how many wives you know, that he's had, and Arrington has this date, and Turner has a date, I mean, a number, and there's just this this ongoing thing because Brigham married a lot of women. But he also has different marriage dates for for Louisa, and also on his family, he's got, like, there's a Brigham Young family history site, and they list different children for her as well. Here's what they say. They have Joseph Young and Hiram Young dying, and then Moroni being born and dying, and then the other twin boys. So they list her as having five children that died, so that's hard to know. For many years, Louisa was widely recognized as the first plural wife of Joseph Smith. In 1851, the city now known as Parowan, Utah, was christened Fort Louisa. According to John D. Lee, this was, quote, in honor of the first woman who listened to the light and voice of revelation and yielded obedience to the seal and the covenant. For this noble act, her name is held in honorable remembrance in the history of the saints, end quote. On January 16th, 1851, a group of saints organized Iron County and unanimously elected Captain Jefferson Hunt, who happened to be passing by to represent them in the le- legislature of the state deseret. That evening, with a thermometer at nine above zero, the community held Thanksgiving around a bonfire. The settlement that they created needed a name, and no one liked the name Little Salt Lake City. So instead, they called it Fort Louisa, a salute to Louisa Beeman, who, as historian Juanita Brooks noted, was thought to be the first woman to enter in the Order of Celestial Marriage in the Last Dispensation. So that's how she died. It's kind of a sad, bitter end. She made it across the plains, possibly gave birth in winter quarters, um... If you're interested in more of the salacious aspects, you can go to josephsmithpolygamy.com and he talks about Louisa Beeman's The Temple Lock Cases where Joseph Noble, Benjamin Winchester, and John C. Bennett talk about Joseph and her sleeping together. It's kind of sad that that is one of her only legacies that we like to talk about because surely the woman had a life that was outside of just the men that she married. But unfortunately, little is known, especially when she didn't leave children behind, Little is known about the woman herself. She's seen as a sister and a daughter and a wife and not much else. We'll end with that one, and we hope that you tune in to see the other wife coming up next.